Hello there, I'm Kevin, aka Toying Around. I'm Yoko, also known as Live and Love Eat Yoko. Hey, I'm Paulie from Bitter Asian Dude Inc. I'm Ernie, also known as the one and only Fallen Fett. We're four friends chatting about our love for Star Wars, toy collecting, and pop culture. You're listening to the Boba Squadron Podcast. We're all together. We all love Star Wars. And uh, as the intro episode, do we have do we have a, a good Star Wars quote that could we can title? Should we do like a Star Wars like a fortune cookie, like on Clone Wars? Like the, the title of each episode, you know, instead of just episode one, whatever, like actually have. Can we have Paul in a Paul voice doing like one of the co- quotes before the Clone Wars? The return. <laughs> return to Ryloth. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, like that. These four have gathered back together. What are they going to do today? Who knows? Right. It's Friday night, and our four friends have gotten together to do who knows what. Join us for this episode of The Boba Squad. So for people who are tuning in for the first time, this and you're new to us, we're huge Star Wars fans. Uh, Ernie, where does the yes, love sir. for Star Wars come from? And please remember, we are trying to keep it under an hour. <laughs> Good things, since I was a kid. <laughs> Yeah, basically, that was it, man. I mean, you get into it early. I I was born in 77, so kind of grew up with all this. I mean, from laying in your mom and dad's uh, bed during the holidays to watch it on Channel 2 and and other uh, TV channels back in the day to VHSs, and then you grow up, and these toys that you grow up on, then all of a sudden you're making your own money and Power of the Force comes out, and you go crazy. And, and you don't know what debt is and you just buy everything up and you start from there and you start relationships with the workers and you're getting full cases and you're searching for circles on hand, no circles on hands, rings on belt, no rings on belts. And from there, it just it, it captures you all in. And now we live in a time where there's Star Wars everywhere. I couldn't be any happier or ask for more from the way my fandom has, has grown up through it. And now you're here. You're a prospect from our show and now this podcast and you're on with uh paul paul who's in star wars paul uh how did you how did you fall in love with star wars uh first and foremost i I would like to say ernie that was that's that was actually that was quite moving i think it was fantastic loved hearing (laughs) that i also want to point out that he is a probationary prospect not even a full prospect a probationary (laughs) prospect so he's under probation to see if maybe he could be on the show because let's be yes. honest, when we asked him to be on, when we did the Book of Boba Tea, it was because he was a huge Boba Fett super fan, and we need we needed someone to sort of sort of chirp at, and uh, he more than rose to the occasion, I think, and uh, really sort of, um, at least for me, wormed his way into my heart. I think just because of his tremendous spirit and the way he could roll with the jokes and the fact that he is a true Star Wars fan, I think really spoke to all of us, and his good nature. And kind temperament went a long ways. You're still under probation now, so you will still take <laughs> lots of garbage from me. But uh, long story short, for me, is I, I Star Wars was the first movie my dad took my sister and I to see um, when I was five years old, and I fell in love with it, and it's been a part of my life since then. And uh, I've been very fortunate as of late to have actually been able to fulfill a lifelong dream of being a part of that universe. And so that is something I do not take lightly. Um, I know a lot of fans and friends live vicariously through me. And I think it's just, it's a very humbling, um, but exhilarating thing at the same time. Uh, And it feels like a a wonderful responsibility to have to to represent all the nerds and the geeks who've always wanted to be on the Star Wars show. 
Uh, and now I, I get to sort of be that conduit for them. No, it's awesome because, you know, you, you collect a lot <laughs> of toys, you know, before you went full Hot Toys mode, which you're in right now. Yeah. Uh, you collected, we actually had similar things in common for Black Series and whatnot. And, you know, to see to see that first episode when you showed up, uh, in the X-Wing and I, I remember funnily enough I was watching on my phone in the car on the way to New Jersey so uh, that's how I consume most of my media as you can see but as the filmmakers like, intended to be yes on your phone I bet you John Favreau was like yes I have this whole setup the volume and everything so Kevin can watch it on his phone but man uh, seeing I'm like that guy collects toys he's in Star Wars and like it, it was it was just so cool it's a whole different level of of uh, relatability uh, everyone else is just an actor, but like seeing you, like you're one of us. So that <laughs> I thought that was really cool. Um, Yoko, how about you and Star Wars? Yeah, so I'm on the other end of the spectrum where I had never seen a Star Wars until 2015, um, and really it was because of work. And you know, we're getting ready for Force Force Friday for the Force Awakens, and so I was like, well, maybe it's time I finally watch and <laughs> find out what this is all about. Um, so like so, me with Jaws. Huh? Like me with Jaws, you hadn't seen it yet. Right, like you and Jaws. Um, Not like I really you watched Jaws. them, and I liked them enough, but I think actually seeing The Force Awakens and, you know, whatever people want to say about the sequels, that's what drew me in. I fell in love with this, you know, with Ray's story and, and her and, and, and BB-8 mostly. <laughs> and, you know, that, that turned me into a fan, and I got I got super into it, clearly. Um, but I think, you know, if, if it weren't for... If it weren't for like work reasons, honestly, for me to to be like, all right, I should probably know what I'm talking about here. Um, I I don't I don't know when I would have ever gotten around to watching Star Wars, so you know I I am thankful for that. <laughs> it's funny because I think I was introduced to Star Wars just around mm -hmm. the uh, prequel trilogy, mm -hmm. just before that, and um, so we're all we're all kind of introduced at various stages, but mm -hmm. Star Wars has been spanning for so long. There's you know different decades that the films came out but also different eras within within the story we can all all still uh, get together through the love of star wars somehow and then put on put on an amazing stream well that's what i think but an amazing stream where we all all gelled and clicked and, and just bonded really quickly i think mm -hmm. that's that's something special right there i think i think that's the beauty of star wars though right like even if if any of those eras aren't for you it's bringing new people in into the constantly family. every day yeah. Every day, constantly, from whether it's uh, something on Disney Plus to recapturing the old ones, or somebody recommended it to you by someone else, or visiting a Disney park and wondering what this land is about, and seeing all the different things—that's uh, that's the beauty of Star Wars. Is every day there's new fans and and, and new love for it. Uh, I think that's great, Paul. Let me ask you: you might be a little bit biased, but if you weren't in Star Wars now. Would you think, would you still believe that this is the best time to be a Star Wars fan? Oh, yeah, absolutely, hands down. I mean, look at the amount of content that's coming out for it. We have currently running one, two, three, four, four series that are about, like, you know, The Mandalorian. You've got Book of Boba Fett that just finished its run. You've got Obi-Wan coming up. They're making Ahsoka. Um, as well, you know, there's um, the, the, the other one, like um, Acolyte. A number of uh, the Andor, um, you have the Bad Batch season two coming out. You have, you know, literally 
and and the the, cart, the comic mm -hmm. book tie-ins and the, the 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 novelizations and all the the visual dictionaries and the toys and the collectibles this is a golden age for star wars fans because if you remember uh after return of the jedi that was it after 1983 they were done they weren't making any more movies they were kind of thinking about maybe doing a tv show but it was just novelizations it was just um uh comics uh, expanded universe stuff and that was about it and some video games now it's because of the resurgence of of um you know it's and it started with the the, the sequel trilogy there's a there's a fan base that is so passionate about getting new content that they rush they flock to it um so you have a number of star wars movies that came out of varying degrees of success um but then you have really uh, you know, something like Disney Plus and the flagship show, which is The Mandalorian, which I think really ignited everything because then all of a sudden it became so much more accessible because it was done, released in a way that was like, it was serialized, but like half hour, 40, 48 minute episodes, 51 minute episodes that were like, that really, really, I think, caught Castanet and, and um, captured a whole new wave of fans because they were, my wife, who wasn't really a Star Wars fan, really loved the mandalorian and she was like oh my god this did what she felt the sequel trilogy should have done in her mind it took a casual fan and made her invested in that universe and then she wanted to know a little bit more about well where she started doing the deep dives because mm -hmm. of of the stories that were being told in the mandalorian um and so i think absolutely that's why i i i sort of um i'm very grateful for this time as a star wars fan because i remember when there wasn't anything and it was just like the og guard who were like sort of keeping that 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 fandom alive because there wasn't that much happening and it was harder to get new fans into it and now it's just like like you said you there are new fans every day and for so many different reasons so I, it is a golden age yeah, after Return of the Jedi, like you said, it's just the the, the novels and comics, you know, kind of like yeah. the Dark Ages. There's there's nothing, there's no film or, or media like that. And then now, yeah. to a point where, even b before now, there were movies, but movies were every three to four years, you know, between a major major blockbuster film and you still had to wait. But now, to fill that, fill those gaps, there are shows coming out concurrently, uh, you know, all, what do we have to wait? A few months in between each six, one? Six weeks. I've been complaining about these this six weeks. Here. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm with Yoko. It's too yeah. long. Yeah. How dare <laughs> they? I mean, it's midnight, not Kenobi, but still, I'm like, you know, yeah. six weeks. What am I supposed to fill my time with? Yeah. And after Return of the Jedi, I was like, well, that's it. They finished the story. Correct. Right? right. And so everyone's like, oh, it's done. And everybody accepted it because they were so satisfied with that ending. Twenty you know, years then, later, <laughs> exactly. You got to wait twenty years, later, and then you know, there's there you go, episode one. Here we go, and the excitement that was spread. Like for me, I lost my mind because it was like new Star Wars. Oh, oh my yeah. god, new Star Wars! Mm -hmm. I drove down the hill just to wait in line, which is like a, a, a forty-five minute drive for me to be there at night, two in the morning, make sure I had my tickets, and then you meet this fandom because we still at that time we don't have what we have now as far as social media. Then either you were then getting together with your your nerds and your friends who were totally keeping the Star Wars alive, like you said, and you meet them and episode one comes out and you're like, this is unbelievable. Like we're going back to the beginning. Are you serious? And even yeah. those 
those previews and that we were trying to piece together in our head, what is going on? What is, <laughs> it was great. And, and it was still great. Even though you knew Anakin was Vader Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that's the emperor. Oh my God. He's right there. He's right there. Like there was just so much to it. Yeah. Even if you had complaints and you always are going to have the complaints about anything. It, it is because the people are so passionate for it. But to be there again and to hear, you know, episode one was coming back. Wow. Like that. And, oh, you're planning to do two and three. It was just, it was amazing. It was a rebirth for everybody. And then toys on top of it. Your your shelves were back full again. From like you said, everything stops in 83. Not till 94 or something, the power of the force come out. And then it was like a redo of figures. And you were on that scale. How cool is this? Then you had a midnight drop of episode one, you know, which would you could call your first uh, force Friday. And that was insane. I got punched in the face. It was beautiful. <laughs> I, I was just like, I did. I was at a Toys right. R Us midnight one. I was at a Toys R Us midnight one. They opened the doors and no matter if you were in line, everybody rushed and I was reaching for, which I saw in a magazine, which we didn't have any of this, well, that the uh, emperor, the Palpatine figure came with a, uh, a wrong colored saber or something like that. Which she was packaged with. It was something wrong. They, of course, you have to get if you're a collector. And I saw it and I reached for it, dude. And this tall guy was just reaching too and socked me right in my cheek in the face of while he was grabbing. And I took it like a champ because I had to make sure that I was getting that figure. And it was just, it, it was crazy. But then at those times too, you could walk in, even though you were there at the midnight one, you go in the next morning and it's still all full. I mean, yeah. completely full. Uh, it, it was just, it, it was crazy time. Vehicles creatures I, I mean there's everything just the collecting you know having having movies and content come out over so many years it's like some of the some of the toys that we collect keep it alive for me it's like if i if i started with the original trilogy and then now however many years later it's almost cyclical it's like oh new content is coming those fans who were fans of it back then are a little bit older now they're gonna you know i got me back into it got me to buy, buy more toys if yoko started in 2015 and there's like I don't know a next wave of movies, but I feel like you're gonna get content all the way through until until that next wave. It's not gonna be a, a cycle. It's just a, a straight incline for the right. whole time. <laughs> yeah. But then with with shows coming out constantly, uh, Yoko on Twitch, you do a stream called Midnight Thirty, where after each <laughs> each episode drops on Disney Plus at midnight, you hop on and you chat with uh, your Twitch crew, yeah. and you you talk about the episode right away and having having constant content and even though i know you said it's six weeks i can't wait six weeks uh it must be cool to to be able to to do that all the time and have that excitement to to discuss new shows yeah it's so it's so fun and i wish i had started it earlier because we started it with wandavision so you know i didn't do it for mandalorian either season i guess right yeah so um you know it was just it was during wandavision where someone was like hey you should hop on afterwards and i was like what no one's gonna no one's gonna, you know, be around to watch. And I, I had two other people say they would join if I if I streamed after Wandavision. So I was like, all right. And I had like thirty people show up, you know, at, oh, at wow. midnight uh. <laughs> to talk about Wandavision. So I'm like, it's become, you know, it's been like that every week. So you know, it's it's not. Is it a huge audience? No, but it's a very passionate, active audience, and people are coming in and out. Some people just come in for a few minutes. They're like, okay, I got to get my feelings out before I go to bed, which is really <laughs> kind of the 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 purpose behind it, right? Because I'm like, I know I'd be like just laying in bed being like, oh my God, like what just happened? You know, I'd be thinking about it in bed, not sleeping. So it's nice to be able to get out there 
like ask the questions. I'm not the expert. I'm there to like ask the questions <laughs> of the, you know, because there's some super knowledgeable people in that chat that come in there, um, you know, between the Marvel shows and the Star Wars shows, obviously now too. Yeah. So it's nice to go in there and get that insight and be like, there's always something I missed too, you know? So it's just like, it's nice to hear that, um, to, to get those those points of views while, while it's still fresh and then watch it again later when I'm more awake. But um, but yeah, no, it's, it's so much fun to be able to do that. And I'm definitely excited to keep that going. And it's cool to do stuff like that because you, you like you said, you, you get to meet passionate fans yeah. and you end up making a lot of cool friends online everyone here uh, on the on the stream right now but all, a lot of other collectors with common interests uh, and just genuinely nice people who, who you get to meet and and that's crazy because during during covid and quarantine and whatnot it's you're less likely to go out and and meet new people but the internet who would have thought meeting people on the internet all of a sudden <laughs> like hey this is awesome yeah. uh, and, and you, you could just go online and, and do whatever and uh, people you could just reach people from across the world and, and, and be friendly. That sounded weird. And be friends, make friends. <laughs> it literally is people from around the world too, you know? And, and, and so that's even, especially at that midnight 30 <laughs> time slot where there's people, you know, where it's daytime for them in yeah. the world. So it's kind of, it's, it's nice to, you know, it's, you're, you're touching an audience that maybe you wouldn't normally touch either at that time. Paul, yeah, I always forget about that too yeah. when we do it. People who pop in the chat and say good morning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. what? Yeah. And you're like, yeah. you don't you? think yeah. of of a bus, bus, beyond the scope of where you're at or yeah. your regulars who are with you. Right. And all of a sudden there's people good morning or different languages or this and that. Like, I mean, we even have ours like future Sammy because he's already into the next day when we're on. <laughs> and it's like, you know, what, what goes on in the future? And that does that. Mm -hmm. I, I agree with you because that blows my mind. Yeah. But I, I do. I wanted to pop in. To, sorry, Kev, to say something of um, being in this group is awesome as well, too, because it's expanded uh, so much with your Midnight 30 to Kev's to Paul's to mine and everything. But I think the most one that I was excited for is my wife hops on now, Yoko, yeah. because yeah. of you. <laughs> and she never watched any of my stuff ever. <laughs> and all of a sudden it was like, oh, who's that? Oh, she's with you guys too. Oh, and now she has Twitch and this and that, and she's popping in Kev's, and I'm like, "All right, here we go." Oh my well, god, cool, Ernie. You know yeah. that meme where it's the guy walking with his with his girlfriend or whatever, and there's another <laughs> woman walking yeah. by, and he's turning his head to look at her. So your wife is the dude walking yeah. with you, and then I swear. the girl walking by. I, I would just I picture the caption would be like every other toy podcast <laughs> yeah oh, hello What's exactly this? well that that too or the list of like my 12 shows that i've done because i've done so many shows from the beginning of you know walking dead the conspiracy theory like i've been doing this for a while and not a one of those so you're absolutely right because then all of a sudden now it's like oh yoko's on hi oh and buying merch right away she has coffee cups and shirts and yeah, she i'm got like one of the, the yes things. And I'm over here with my hat, like, oh, <laughs> this fits you too if you want to, but I'm on the for you. Yeah. So thanks, Yoko. You know, and that's and that's what I'm saying of, of a world that's out there once again because of Star Wars. When we do uh the Book of Boba Fett streams, I think it's cool because um along with movies, you get toys and merch, and we're all collectors of toys and all that stuff. And it seems like almost every week um there's something new out there at a different scale maybe we all collect different stuff uh that we get to talk about it which is also huge and um 
this is the kind of stuff that we would we'd like to co- uh, we'd like to cover on this segment as well, right? New new collectibles. So when new stuff comes out, you know, Ernie is into what are you into? You're into almost everything. Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> I've literally we've been recording this whole time. I just got in my new figure arts Boba Fett, and I love it. So I mean, it, it's everything. If it's Boba Fett, I'm going to try and get it. Like, there's no holds bar with Boba Fett. I used to have what was called the Boba Shrine in the old house. Because that was literally, I had a whole closet full of Boba Fett stuff. I had a bad day. I'd go in there, kneel, and pray to Boba. Like, what's up, Boba? Help me out here. Don't make me fall. Yeah, lighting candles and everything. Yeah, so that's what the ongoing joke was. I had the Boba Shrine. Mm -hmm. But I did. I mean, from socks to cereal to chips, whatever it was. And yeah, they're still in there. They're not open. so wait, this is the same Boba Fett that got hit by a blind guy and flying, flew into the side of a sail barge and fell down yes. into the Starlight pit? That yeah. guy? This, that same guy was a whole closet full of stuff. I don't know. He's a cool guy, Paul. I love it. Did your shrine have a Starlight pit? No. Hasbro did. Um, and they were just like movie scenes. So the Boba Fett had the tentacles wrapped around him. Star Wars oh. Unleashed? unleashed thank you yeah. i couldn't remember it yeah and so the other one came in a circuit circular tin and there was carded the circular tin was set up though and you could see the tentacles wrapped around boba as he was firing at the sarlacc pit so but that he never seemed like a movie scene yeah, he didn't fire it, up. that's totally retcon because he <laughs> went down like a punk he didn't even draw his weapon all it i remember is this universe this, this horror this, this hideous cry <laughs> oh as he went down <laughs> he did he, scream you're right. You that. guys have yeah. pointed that out to me. Yes, he did scream. I think that I think was somebody would... off camera. Yeah, what would have been perfect is actually, you know, I, I should commission it to be made, is like a okay. circular sort of area rug that is the pit of car- like, and it's got the image of the pit of Carcoon with, with the Sarlacc and oh. just put it on the ground. You can put all your Boba stuff around it. Oh my god. <laughs> like, as oh my god, that would have been great. Yeah. I can still put like, one right here behind me. That would be really cool. Actually, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I'm actually being legit. I think that would be yeah. a really cool thing to do. I could see it. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. That would be awesome. That's yeah, right. so that was the only thing missing. But I, I do. Mm-hmm. I, I collect anything Boba. I do Masterpiece Transformers. Lots of third-party stuff. Uh, Marvel Legends. And um, then I, I touch on other things like NECA Predator. Um, anything basically nostalgic. You know, Gremlins, yeah. Karate Kid. I'll get those too. <laughs> And so it if it if it touches my heartstrings from a kid, I may grab it. My 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 main collection though was Star Wars, but in this time that we're at now, from three and three quarters to Black Series, and seeing what all you guys have—I mean, the three of you—I think I'm now ready to move on to Hot Toys. So, going to sell off the Black in Series the, and, and <laughs> yeah, and and get mm-hmm. that because I do have that Boba Fett on pre-order. So that's my first step into my very first purchase of one mm-hmm. so nice um sorry just just to, to throw back because you 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 were uh you collect a marvel legends series so i want to ask you have you heard uh what has repulsed with what they announced today with the new x-men 90s animated series collection they are dropping that soon the vhs series the yeah 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 the cell shaded Yes, yes, I have those on pre-order. Those are awesome. So they're all cell shaded. You're gonna get uh, Wolverine, Jubilee, Storm, and um, Sinister. Sinister. Yes, and they, they all come in a VHS. 
Yeah. yeah, they come in a VHS box. Yeah, which they is awesome. Because I used to have those too, those VHSs. All I have to say is, I thank God I don't collect Marvel <laughs> like superhero stuff. Yeah, I can't. They're all can't, in there. can't go to that. <laughs> all over here. What's I know you watch. I know you watch the MCU movies. Were you a big fan of that X Men animated series? I never watched it. To be honest, because I was in university at the time and I was busy chasing girls and learning about theater and stuff like that, to be honest. So <laughs> like, it was like it, it was never I, I was just never home to watch it. And it, the irony is I know voice actors who did the voices for it. Right. Uh, so the woman who did Storm, like I, I knew her, like I worked with her, you know, in theater, which is hilarious. And it's just like um Paul Souls, who did the voice of the original Spider-Man in the animated series, I worked with him. He was a, uh, in the theater. I had no idea. Is he Canadian? He yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. The animation for that was done by a Canadian company, right? That's why it's the same company that did uh, Rocket Robin Hood, which is why you had the same style of not only the same style of animation, but the same stories. There was a Spider-Man episode, animated episode, and a Rocket Robin Hood animated episode. And the story was exactly the same, except they swapped out Rocket Robin Hood for one and Spider-Man for the other. But even <laughs> the spaceship that took them there was the Rocket Robin Hood spaceship. And they just completely recycled the story and put Spider-Man in it. And so that's that's the thing. Mm -hmm. That that was one of the big, um, for me, like, oh, my God, like, Seeing that going, I've seen this story before, but then meeting the actor who did the voice for Spider-Man and not realizing it until le like decades later, you know, oh. and this is after I'd met Paul and worked mm -hmm. with him and a lovely man. And I didn't find out until afterwards that he did the voice of Spider-Man. I was like, oh, God, if I'd known that while we were working together, I never would have shut up because I would have <laughs> so many questions. Right, so <laughs> but yeah. that's cool. So, what is it about the, the those toys, that figures, that appeal to you? If, if you weren't watching that show, busy chasing the ladies. <laughs> no, I just, I, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't collecting. See, at that time too, it was, it was a question of, uh, uh, really, like a lot of collectors, uh, just fundage, right? Like, how much mm -hmm. money are you going to allocate towards things like food, rent? um and and you know drinks versus collecting things right and it right, was just yeah. like at that time my focus had shifted because it was like the majority of my my stuff the stuff that i had collected as a kid that was gifted to me by my parents and stuff was back well and i use this in the past tense was back at home and in my as soon as i left my parents ditched it all they dumped all of it yeah. even though i said please I'm coming back for this stuff. Don't. As soon as I was gone, it was out the door. <laughs> and uh, so all my vintage Star Wars, the Kenner stuff, all that stuff that it was. I mean, my parents did give me a lot of it for Christmas and stuff like that. And I did have it. My comic book collections, it was all gone. All of it. Because they're like, he's Dang. gone. Bye. And they, they, they either dumped it or just gave it away. Just flat oh. out gave it away. So when that happened, it was just like, okay, I couldn't. I didn't want to, I didn't have a space to really keep any of this stuff. Um, I didn't want to replace any of that stuff. Uh, and then, yeah, it was just sort of like I was building interpersonal relationships with people in my class. It was the first time I was in university, so I was on my own, away from my parents. And so I wanted, I wanted to have a life, 
I want to have a girlfriend. I wanted to go out with my friends and stuff like that. And I didn't. So like the, the, um, and a lot of the places in Toronto, um, I, I hadn't been to, like, I didn't, wasn't able to find these places like Beguiling or, or Silver Snail or any of these other small toy stores because it was kind of, I was moving beyond that and just want to hang out. Like, yeah, I want to date girls and, and hang out with friends and stuff like that. So, uh, and I was really bad at that. So I was sort of <laughs> focusing my attention on try, trying to, trying to get a girlfriend. No. Um, mm -hmm. So the, the, yeah, that stuff took a second, but when I did find Silver Snail and all these things and, you know, the cost of, of purchasing the things that were really in my wheelhouse that I wanted to get, it was too much because I was, I was on my own and it was just like the whole, like, I, I remember going into Silver Snail and I saw it was uh, from Space 1999. It was a die cast metal eagle uh, transport vessel. I love that ship as a kid growing up. And it was like 80 bucks. And for me, 80 bucks was a lot of money, especially if you're, you know, you're working for it and it's not the bank of mom and dad and it's not your birthday or this or that. It's just like I saw that money and went, I'm not going to be able to pay rent if I get this thing. And I really want it, but I'm not going to be able to make enough to do this. So it's like, OK, I'm going to I'm going to turn my back on it. And there were a bunch of little things like that where it was just like this could turn into a slippery slope. And so I couldn't afford to get the stuff that I saw that I desired. Because there were other things that I needed to get instead, like food mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, rent and books. Having to buy books for school. That was a drag. And buying clothes. Books are expensive. Oh, it was ridiculous. It's extortion, right? So it was stuff like that. And so it wasn't until really afterwards, too, that I started dipping my toes back into collecting things again, right? And then I remember the big the one big purchase that I did get was a, it was McFarlane Toys. Uh, movie maniac series and uh one of them was it was the um diorama of uh the orca from jaws it was half sunk uh bruce the shark was on it right and you had little i know what you're talking about now so i had that <laughs> i got that right and i was like i was like oh i don't know if i should buy this but i really want to i love the movie and uh, okay and uh so I, I you know i splurged on that one but then it whetted my appetite and it was just like that robocop's looking really good that um, Corneca <laughs> got the it was McFarland toys and so it was yes that line was spectacular so it was just like oh my god oh look there's a predator over there too stop stop and so it just sort of became that thing um, but that you know just slowly and now having um, you know lived life and, and gotten better jobs and been better with my money and stuff like that it's just now I'm making TV money so it's it's like. And I'll order that hot toy. And there's this hot toy. <laughs> three, three times. Yeah. And then my wife was like, did you? See, that's the thing. I can't use a whole. It was on pre-order, baby. I bought it. Because if I don't get four of it, she knows it's a lie. She's like, you right. <laughs> you only got one. If you really pre-ordered it, you would have been a dumbass and pre-ordered four. <laughs> You'd have four here right not now. <laughs> well, Anna, uh, she's not here right now. So you can feel free to uh, speak she openly. She knows. She knows. And in the same vein, where Ernie, where, you, where, where your wife started following Yoko and buying the merch and stuff like that, I remember uh, it was on Kevin's stream, and um, uh, she became a member of your channel. Like she was sassing me all throughout the chat. Yeah, see, a member of your channel. I was like, "What the hell's going on?" Like, <laughs> all right. So she's like, "Dumb." She's supporting him. <laughs> yeah. 
that was Corinne, that. that was Corinne last night when she jumped in. She gave them our channel a super chat. And I was all, what the right. hell? There goes my lunch for next week. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. So definitely. And she does the same thing. She was on Yoko's and then she's like, oh, Yoko's on with Kevin. Oh, they're arguing. Let me see what's going on here. Yeah. And oh my God, dude. I still I remember was... that, Paul. You're like, hey, thanks. I, I shouted her out. I said, thank you for the support and becoming a channel member. And then I, I think you very, very dryly said something like, hey, you don't even support my channel. You're not even a member on my channel. <laughs> <laughs> it's truth. <laughs> so I made her an admin, so now she has to. She has <laughs> I uh I used to uh, I write it's hot toys. I'm falling down that well hard, like hard. Star Wars hot toys is my vice. Uh that's my latest addiction. And the sad, scary thing is because Everything is it's kind of backlogged in terms of like the new releases aren't coming out until 2023 for season two uh, and season. Yeah, for season two, even of, of like shows like Mandalorian. So I've gone to like looking for older, older hot toys that I missed previously. Uh, and that's kind of fun, but they're super expensive. And I'm playing that game of just trying to be a little bit more cost effective instead of just scooping it up for, for wherever, wherever I can find it. And so that keeps it fun. Um, I've stopped collecting Black Series six-inch figures. I'd fallen hard for that. And uh, I've been on record a bunch of times as to why I've stopped, just because it's, it's just no more fun to collect because the distribution plan that, that Hasbro has laid out for these figures has been maddening, to say the least. And I don't like the person I've become when it comes to that. And so it's, it's not fun <laughs> collecting them anymore. Um, mm. And so I've, I've said, something's got to give, too, because Hot Poise... Mm are basically, in my opinion, way better detailed versions of the Black Series. I, I'd rather save save my, my my shekels for that, as it were. I'm a huge um, collector of helmets, too. Love Star Wars helmets. Uh, I have a, a, a number of them at home. I think last count I had close to 24 buckets, um, okay. either through Novos or EFX or a Denuo Novo a Black Series as well. Those those helmets are actually pretty good, very cost-effective. Uh, I collect lightsabers, um, force effects, master replicas, um, and uh, I'm actually building one right now. And uh, I'm also into prop replica building, so I have a proton pack at home. Uh, I also love Ghostbusters, so I've got the Plasma Series for that, and the Hot Toys, not the Hot Toys, the Blitzway Figs are, are are those are my grails, the original four, and I uh, pre-ordered the the Ecto one, the one six scale monster Ecto uh, from um, from Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, surprise, Anna! <laughs> <laughs> should, should I put this up after you get it? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's not coming out to another for another year, and by then, oh. hopefully, I will have gotten rid of. Uh, the majority, the bulk of my Black Series figs, which are mm -hmm. taking up a lot of space, actually. So that's that's the give and take right there, this mm -hmm. curation of space. Uh, and But I'm into all things like pop culture, like Ernie said, too. Like the NECA stuff I love. I love the Thing line um, that they've come out with. Uh, you know, they, they've also got the um, uh, the, the figures of, of, of uh, Quint from Jaws that's there. And they look kind of doll-like, but I like I dig it. I think that's the one thing where, like, that's the one line that I'll, I'll buy pretty much anything for is Jaws. Um, 
And uh, yeah, and I'm also into cosplay, which is why I like the helmets and, and stuff like that. So um, it is, it runs pretty deep at my place. So I think, I think that's perfect for what we're doing here. It's this uh, video, this podcast, it's Star Wars, but a lot of general pop culture stuff that you're into, uh, like you mentioned, uh, The Thing and They Live and, and other movies that I haven't seen. I feel like, I feel like Peter Parker in the MCU talking to the other, talking to <laughs> Iron Man. Like, you remember that really old movie, so-and-so? Uh, you know, and and then you're just kind of shaking your head like, ah, oh, this this kid. Yeah, but you don't have the excuse of being twenty. <laughs> yeah, my damn it, Yoko. I'm editing that right now. Cut it. Keeping it. it. Just keeping it. But uh, Yoko but, is but, a sniper. That's what she. Like, <laughs> I mean, like honestly, I'm not that much better than Kev when it comes to seeing these old movies. I put old in air quotes, guys. For those <laughs> no, they are old. They're <laughs> old. They are old. That's the that's the hard truth, and that's what <laughs> makes it so funny, but so painful yeah. at the same time. It's like what he says is absolute truth. Hey, you remember that old movie? And we're like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember it's, that old movie. Some of them are so cheesy, and I watch them, and I'm like, this is horrible. It's great. Yeah. Like when you do, and it's like, man, I used to watch this like every day, and some are like really bad. And it's like, I don't know. I love it, though, still. <laughs> Even though how cheeseball it was and, and how bad. Oh, this is a great movie. Yeah. It's just what we grew up on. Mm-hmm. But you're right, Yoko. They are old. <laughs> they are. I th- And when I feel it right now, too, is when uh, all these anniversaries come out. <laughs> oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, 20th, yeah. 25th anniversary, 30th anniversary. Yeah. And it really no. is like, oh, what the heck? Dude, yeah, no, real? they're all now like 45th anniversary, 50th yeah. anniversary. Yeah. Like, Care, oh Care Bears God. celebrating 40th this year, too. And I was, yeah, Care Bears is, yeah, 40. Yeah, see, yeah. oh wow, they can't even get up to do the Care Bear stare. That's like Care Bear rocking <laughs> chair or something. And then you're like, I had the original toy of that when it came out. I did. Care Bears was crazy, like Cabbage Patch Kids, mm-hmm. they, they really were less haunted. You, though yeah that's true i'll give you <laughs> that too those little doll faces Not were uh, yeah. yeah yeah but care bears were hard on that too then mm. you expanded into that so the closest my little brother had was Lionheart, because mm. we could never find a care bear yeah but you could find cousins. yeah you could find the cousins <laughs> cousins were on the shelf here you go uh, well, that's what yeah. you're getting I mean, to the, the pain of that is like going out for Transformers and only being able to find GoBots. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, really? It's, like, it's so many GoBots. Right? You know, like, Paul, yeah. I got one for my birthday that didn't even have a head. I was so disappointed, <laughs> but I had to be like, thank you. Oh, this is amazing. Because I was never that kid. Like, what is yeah. this crap? You know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I grew up, I grew up, you know, low income family and like that. So I was jazzed. And it, I remember it still. It was silver and black. And you transform it, though, and the what would be like the windshield was supposed to be the head. And right. there's no face or nothing. And I was like, what is this? What what happened? Oh, God, it's a GoBot. Like, <laughs> that you didn't even have to have a face or anything. <laughs> if you had what resembled the body, you were good to go. Here yep. you go, kid. Happy birthday. Close enough. <laughs> yeah. Do you love that Optimus Primey, huh? Yes, I do. Thank you, Thea. This is amazing. <laughs> Paul, Paul and Ernie, you guys have uh, 
kind of specific toy lines and the properties that that you love that you collect yoko you you collect a lot a lot of stuff but you're you're different in the way you collect <laughs> i'm different yeah um I mean, the majority of my my collection these days is is Star Wars, and I dabble in MCU. But yeah, I think I think what you're getting at is that like, I like to collect by by character, you know. So so I'm I'm more character driven than than certain line driven. So I would never call myself like a you know I'm not like a black series collector or a vintage collection collector. Like I'm an Ahsoka collector, right? Like I like looking for yeah. cool Ahsoka stuff. Um, so but you know like. And that's generally what we, that's usually what we talk about when we're on here is, is Star Wars or MCU. But, you know, I actually do have a pretty, you don't see it behind me, but I do have a pretty big, um, you know, the 80s, 90s nostalgia collection too. Like I have a huge She-Ra collection and um, things like Rainbow Bright and Care Bears. I still have all my original My Little Ponies. Um, I don't care about the new ponies. I just like the 80s ponies. So I have, yeah. I, still, I still, and I still have mine because I feel so lucky that my parents kept everything of mine. And they kept it carefully, like they packed it up really, wow. like you know, really wow. nicely, thinking that I would want it again one day. And what does that feel like? <laughs> yeah, please exactly. tell us. That's yeah. so nice. <laughs> yeah. You kept good I, care of it too. Yeah, I call it being a, an only child and spoiled, right? <laughs> you didn't have to buy it back from them; yeah. they just gave it to you again. Wow. They kept wow. It in storage for me, like that, you know. In the heated, covered storage. I love that Paul got close. So the, for the listeners, Paul got closer to the camera, and his eyes yeah. kind of opened completely, like super wide. He's like, "Please tell me more." Yeah, he looked like that emoji, the tear eye emoji. Yeah, right? um, yeah Yoko, I, I'm the same. When I moved here from Hong Kong, my parents mm -hmm. packed everything. Yeah. Uh, save for like a couple of figures i realize now after becoming a parent that they said that uh one of the toys got lost but now that i've become a parent i'm like i think that's a lie they must have thrown it out somewhere <laughs> why did one toy get lost when all the boxes from hong kong the shipping company got here it's not like a whole a whole case got lost that's a, that's a parent lie and i'm realizing it now as i'm lying more to kids to <laughs> it's it's survival it's survival at this point i'm learning yes I'm it like, is people are asking me how are you doing i'm like i'm just trying to stay alive dude yeah i'm just trying to live you know like trying to use the use the bathroom and like little hands are trying to get in the like the door handles always being jiggled my, they're my, always cat, my cat does that to me yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah i, I kind of get it now but Yoko, that, that's cool because I have a lot of my stuff. The funny part is when people who I've known for a long time come down into the toy room and they're like, is this all the stuff from your childhood? Wow, you kept it? I'm like, no, <laughs> this is like the last two years, man. Yeah. And it, 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 it's gotten kind of crazy. Yeah. But, you know, that's that's the hobby and that's how, that's how we all got connected. Uh, yeah. If you're watching the video version of this, there's Marvel Legends behind me. Star Wars Black Series. I'm into into Batman, Ninja Turtles, uh, Spider Man. You you have to look. What you do. I do the same thing all the time. I'm looking at what I like versus what I actually what I actually buy. Uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of new stuff, new toys that come out that are that are cool. I'm trying to get into like new original properties, things like that. Uh, you know, there's always cool companies that are making toys based in nostalgia which is always great but you know got to show some love for for new new material new things like that so things can grow but um 
recently kind of went down that rabbit hole of Star Wars and other brands three and three quarter. And um, you can fit so much more stuff in the same space. So that's that's <laughs> always a, a plus, even though the prices are very close. But you can get vehicles, which is fantastic. And um, after much mocking and ridicule, getting into some of those really old movies that <laughs> people keep saying that I should watch. Yeah. So I, I'll know what a McFarlane movie maniac's Orca is. Because now I get that reference. Well, now that I get that reference, you know, this is an ongoing theme with our streams, you know, over the last six weeks talking about the Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> uh, it's come to light that there are a lot of movies that I haven't seen that are, you know, cultural classics, film, very mm. imp important, iconic movies uh, to a point where the joke is, you know, movies that Kevin hasn't seen. And there are so many, obviously, that mm -hmm. we could probably do a segment every week. I don't, I'll try to watch a movie every week for this. Not on your phone. Not on, Not your on phone. my phone. Yes, can't very watch true. Not phone. on the phone. No. You can't watch it on your phone. I, I'd be pooping, man. I'd be pooping. Get an iPad at least for two hours. Two hours. <laughs> Cumulative. With all the kids, Yoko, it happens sometimes. <laughs> I'll yeah, tell I'm you, dude. I had I had four kids. Yeah, nope. Dad's still in here. He's <laughs> still in here. That's the only way you can get your your personal time. Yeah, that was it. You may fall asleep. <laughs> roll up a towel on the wall next to you. I've never Something. done that. It depends, man. Four kids running around the house. It gets. It gets crazy at times. Yeah. Then they I all turn into the teenagers. Yeah. You can't stay on the toilet that long. Your feet fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I know. You, you got to stand up and do, do calisthenics and everything. Right. Yeah. Everyone's speaking from experience, but acting like. Uh, it sounds I like everyone needs some uh, special Dumb merch. 30 action. Yeah. The 30. Uh, but yeah. Jaws. Do we want to talk about Jaws real quick? This all, I mean, really, this all came about a couple of streams ago uh, when we were doing live streams, and it came out that you hadn't seen thing, The Thing, John Carpenter movie from 1982, and Yoko hadn't seen it either. And I was, like, really surprised because... And then Paul called us dumbasses. Well, I was yeah. getting to that. <laughs> <laughs> to your faces, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It wasn't even in chat. It was live on the air. Yeah. Dumbasses. No, it's just, you guys, it, it's because we're peers, right? And we, we vibe on so many things. And you're so knowledgeable about pop culture in general. I was like, honestly, really taken aback that you had, didn't, you hadn't seen these movies. I mean, at least you'd heard of them, which is fine. Right. But I forget how old I am. Not how young you guys are, but we're how old not, I am. Because young. for me... Right. I, I'm in my mindset. I'm perpetually stuck in my late 20s, early 30s. And everybody's right. like, we're all the same age. It doesn't right. like that. That's that's how it is in my, my mindset. I don't look at it and go, holy shit, I'm turning 50 this year. I'm old AF. It, it's it's not like that. So I'm really generally taken aback. And I forget sometimes it's like, yeah, it is an old movie. But in my <laughs> mind, the two of you are so you're nerds and you're geeks and you're into that pop mm -hmm. culture. And especially if there's a toy released in that line, you would I, I would go, oh, they, they know the movie or they've seen the movie at least. So that's why I was like so surprised that you didn't. And it's like, dumbasses, you got to see this movie because <laughs> it's a great movie, first of all. It's like, it's a really, really great movie. I really enjoyed it. 
Um, and you know, the same thing again with Jaws, like that's an even older movie. And, um, it happens just to be one of my favorite movies of all time. So whenever somebody hasn't seen it, it's not like, how, how could you not? It's like, Oh my God, you need to see this movie. Then you got, you got to watch this movie because it's, it's an incredible movie. This, that, that was a movie that launched Steven Spielberg's career that the, they use, they coined the term blockbuster for the first time ever, because that was a first ever blockbuster film that was released in the summertime that became like the, the model that, every studio company has followed since 1975. So it's just things like that where it's like, oh my gosh. But we all have, I mean, I have a friend of mine, he calls it uh, his black holes. These famous movies that everybody knows about, but he hasn't seen, Mm -hmm. right? And on that list is like, you know, Citizen Kane, Taxi Mm -hmm. Driver, um, the Godfather trilogy, stuff like that, where everybody is supposed to have seen it or, or at least has seen bits of it or enough of the iconic scenes enough times that you kind of go, well, I've seen pretty much most of it, but have you really, right? And so that's the one thing. So I get it. Like life is like that. And especially if you're not of a certain age, the opportunities to have seen these movies might not be there, right? Mm-hmm. So, but it, it, I think it's a, it's great to sort of see, have you watch it and see if it holds up or if it's a pile of meh for you, because there's stuff like Ernie was talking about before. It's like, it's so bad now. Like, it's so cheesy, but it's so awesome. And this is stuff we yeah. grew up with. Like, the Warriors, right? When I was a kid, I was like, oh, my God, they're so badass. It's this gang in New York, and they're on the run from these other gangs, and they're all hunting them. And then you watch it, and it's like, oh, my God, they're in clown costumes. Uh-huh. Like, the one gang is in, like, and- baseball uniforms with the faces painted. Yes. Just like, and you look Best at them. no shirts. Yeah, you start to laugh. And you're like, Warriors, you're like, oh my god! And a lot of the movies just running, and it's really it doesn't hold up. But the cheese factor, nostalgia, keeps it coming through. If my kids, my kids watched it a bit of it, with, and they laughed all the way through that movie, they <laughs> laughed and laughed and laughed. And I was just like, yeah, this is when I was your age. <laughs> I love this movie, right? So I think that would be an interesting challenge is to get these these for us for any and I because we are the same age ish to have that where we 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 will throw down like a classic movie that neither of you or one of one of the other of you hasn't seen and watch it and let's discuss it let's discuss whether it holds up yeah. let's discuss whether you think it was worth the hype or not and yeah. uh, I think that'd be a fun discussion to have like you know again like i hadn't watched star wars until 2015 so that should tell you like you know i did i did miss out on a lot of <laughs> a lot of pop culture <laughs> until a certain yeah. point and honestly it's really been working in the toy industry um you know where like i mean i would i would be able to tell you like character names and what they were from without having ever seen it because i got so familiar <laughs> with it from working on toys you know um but honestly the last what two is it two years now of of quarantine situation like yes. I, I've caught up on I've I watched a lot of movies the last two years that like you know that that I hadn't seen before so I, I might have a little bit of a jump start on Kev but there's going to be a lot of movies that I'll, I'll I'll tell you yes I watched it but in the last two years probably I'm guessing right right <laughs> so we'll probably have to do an episode on the Warriors sometime in the future because yeah, oh my god that. yes I saw I yeah. tried to watch the beginning of it and I'm like because I, I do have that where, you know, people are referencing it a lot that I'm like, maybe I should go just so I know callbacks 
And while watching Jaws, I saw some stuff where I'm like, oh, okay. So I've I've seen that in other media. That's that's where they got this joke from. And that's right. what they're uh, they're playing they're paying homage to. So um, that's it's cool to go back on that. Uh, in terms, I mean, to start it off, does does Jaws still hold up? Uh, you know, film has changed a lot. It evolves. I thought I was it was a very good movie. I was I was hooked. I was uh, I was invested in it um, to the point where. There, there's one scene they're dragging someone out of the water and the camera the angle is specifically so that like you don't you don't see their legs first and and it, it's so it's like a slow reveal to see oh did their legs get bitten off and i was I, you know the, the phrase on the edge <laughs> yeah. of your seat i was trying to look like an idiot if i could change an angle on the screen like oh are his legs there you know so it, it, was, it was to that level where i'm like okay I, i'm i'm intrigued like did that happen and so the technique of, you know, you don't even really see the shark for the first few attacks. It's all implied and like the suspense. That's, that's the best up. part though, right? Like, yeah. I think yeah. that's the mistake so up. many horror movies make now is they show you the scary thing too early. Right? Yeah. And it's that and yeah. they don't, they take the anticipation away. And so I think that's it, what Jaws does so great. It's like Paul was saying, this movie was so iconic and it, and it threw everything out there. And like you're saying, Yoko, that gave you the formula to what you should do compared to old movies. He just did it a little bit better with that whole, don't show them. You're yeah. wondering the whole time. It's like nightmare on Elm street, Freddie. You didn't see him until the end. It was voice and shadows. And that scared the crap out of you. We didn't, you didn't get like this burnt face. It was always other stuff. So, I mean, everybody picked up from that. I, I think the most thing of why this movie though, too, is so iconic to go on. And, and the standard, uh, like Paul said of a blockbuster and everything was, People were legit scared to get in the water forever. Like, I remember going, uh, when I had watched it as a kid and going to the lake, we would do that for, like, 4th of July. And I was like, nope. Uh, yeah. There might be a shark in there. And it was a lake. But yeah. people always have this <laughs> conception of, nope, Jaws, sharks, well, nope, it, not going to have it. it. That got to the point for me was I was afraid of leaving my arm hanging off the side of the bed. Because I thought a shark oh was going to bite my arm off or my foot. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm not even in the water, and my right. my imagination is going like that. But that's a thing too. Like the reason why they didn't reveal the shark was, and famously, because it never worked. The shark yep. was breaking down consistently, and they were driving themselves nuts yeah. trying to solve it because they they went to Martha's Vineyard. They found a perfect stretch of water that was just deep enough. They built this track. They had one side of the shark, and the pneumatics of uh, and all the the. The machinery of the mechanical shark could not take the pounding of the Atlantic Ocean and the salt, and it was constantly breaking down. And so they're having to rewrite and figure out how to shoot this movie because they were under the gun because Robert Shaw, he had a work visa that was had a certain number of days, and every day he was in the States that they weren't filming start was subtracted from it. So they, in fact, had to fly him out to, uh, to Montreal every time when they went, he's not going to be shooting for a while, fly him out of the country. He would play golf in Montreal while they were trying to figure out how to fix the shark. And so that's why you never saw the shark for the first oh two-thirds of the movie. And it wasn't was strategy. Time. It was just It was a necessity. <laughs> and it worked. But, I mean, it was, like, tremendous in terms of um, what it did for the movie. And then yeah. the editing alone, and like you said, Kevin, the, the, the technical uh, prowess of how they, how they shot scenes, the iconic Spielbergian look. You know, of late at night with the shaft of light coming through a foggy scene and you see it filtering through, um, the, you know, a broken glass of Ben Gardner's boat. Like that shot 
has been recreated in all in almost all of his movies. Um, and, and it's just the style and the old school acting. Like they had this one. It's one of my favorite scenes. It's like with Robert. Sh uh, no, sorry. It's with um, uh, Chief Brody, Matt Hooper, and uh, Mayor Vaughn. And it's like a minute and 36 long scene with three of them on the move, no cuts, single take. Mm -hmm. And they're going and they're arguing over what Hooper found and dropped. It's like afterwards and they go up to the big Amityville sign that's been, um, it's been vandalized and somebody's right. painting, painting a big shark. But that scene, it's like a theater scene. They come out and they're going on and they're desperately trying to convince Mayor Vaughn to close the beaches. And actors are moving in and out. Dialogue is overlapping. Uh, it's a long tracking shot. They get to a point. They move to another point. It's brilliant. It's just brilliantly acted, masterfully executed technically. And it's stuff like that that I find riveting as an adult, too. Uh, like, I, I saw that movie when I was a kid. There was always, That started my lifelong fear and obsession with sharks. But I feel it really holds up. And even after you see the rubber shark come out of the water and this, that, there's still enough scares. Like when Brody's dumping the chum over, he's like, so ahead. You you know, yeah. try chumming some of this shit. And the shark comes out. He fucking jumps up. He's got the cigarette. People still jump at that moment, even though it's a plastic rubber shark. Right. And it's it's that moment of sheer terror mm -hmm. and and humor because they're, they're reacting to Roy Scheider's reaction as he backs mm -hmm. up and then says the iconic line, you know, you're going to need a bigger boat. Mm -hmm. It's brilliant. So. I love I'm that. Sorry, I'm sorry. No, I, I love that. No, yeah, you're describing it perfectly. Mm -hmm. No, I just love that it made such an impact on you as a child, and then you know you you become an actor in theater and in film, and then now you can appreciate for the technical aspect of how yeah. it gets executed. It, yeah. It's a whole new level, right? It's like yeah. it's like if I were to watch basketball as a child, and just to see people jumping up and dunking and doing all this stuff, like that's cool. And then actually having played and, and try to train kids, be like, this is hard stuff. This is the part of the stuff that you don't really see that, uh, on, on screen. It's the work and the execution, the preparation that you have to do to get to that point for it to look that great, for it, for it to be for the wow factor when you're watching it. It's like you, you appreciate it later on. And I think, I think that's crazy that it, it can impact you in that way later on too. Did you like it as a child, even though it scared you? Yeah. I, yeah, I remember yeah. when Thank you. We, yeah. my parents took us to see it. We couldn't sit together. It was 1977 yeah. and Jaws 2 was coming out. And back in those days when there was a sequel to a movie, they would pair it with the, the original movie uh, mm -hmm. in the theaters. And so oh, wow. we went to see Jaws uh, and we couldn't sit together. So my mom and my sister went and sat in the front and my dad and I were like in the middle near the back and we couldn't even sit together. My dad had to sit behind me. So I'm five years old watching this story about a man-eating shark off the coast of Amity. And um, like I tell you, there's that one scene, you know, when Hooper goes in the water and they find Ben Gardner's boat. And he's like, there's a big hole in the side of the ship. Mm. And, uh, you know, he's like, he digs out the shark's tooth and he's looking around and he starts shaking it. And Ben Gardner's head pops out and the eyeball's gone and he's been dead for a while. So it builds up to this crescendo and the head pops out and you see the violins go, Wee! <laughs> and my dad fucking reached over and went ah and grabbed oh. me and i was like ah! like fucking bloody murder <laughs> and then the entire section everybody started screaming at the same time right? <laughs> Good my job, dad did exactly what ernie did he went ah! started laughing. <laughs> and then everybody started laughing 
And for me, that was one moment of epiphany because then I started to laugh. It was like, it's okay to be scared at the movies because it's yes. not, it's, it's like, it's a share. Everybody's scared. And it was mm -hmm. that release that everybody found in was like, it was actually kind of fun. And that was one of the other reasons why I fell in love with going to the movies as well uh, as that movie. It was just that shared experience of everybody getting, being all, all on edge. Uh, there are other, like, I can count it on my, on one hand, the number of times I've gone to a theater where we've all had that shared experience. And mm -hmm. those are really special movies when that happens. And so you hold those movies near and dear to your heart. Uh, Return of the Jedi was one of them where people were shrieking at the top of their lungs when that crawl, that opening crawl came up, uh, really? you know, and it started. Yeah. It was just like, it was like a rock yeah. concert. People yeah. were like, ah, you know, it, it was starting. Yes. Um, yeah. Throwing their Jonies yeah, at the screen. Absolutely. <laughs> I, Jonies, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's why I, I, I want to go to a midnight premiere and it kind of sucks. It's not even midnight anymore. You know, it's six, yeah. seven o'clock mm -hmm. because, what Paul's describing is such that was our feeling. It, it was it's screaming and cheering. Mine for me, iconic was um, Rocky Four. Wow. People were out of their seats, chanting USA, fighting the the Russian in the theater. Like I, I will never forget that. And you mm -hmm. just you got into it. I mean, a literal clapping, cheering along with everybody else in there. It was movies and cinema at that time was different for yeah. us. You know, it's so. You, I watch them in the bathroom. <laughs> well, you know, on one thirty, that was never our choice. It was an event. Yeah. First, you see the movie posters, right, yeah. coming soon, and then you may get this cheesy little uh, snippet before a movie because they didn't even show trailers on TV till like after yeah. a while. That was only in the movie. Did you see trailers? Yeah. So it was always this hype and buildup as far as cinema, and, and that's just like that feeling of all that. And in you're right, Paul. That fear. Even though you were scared, you loved it. That that's kind of yeah. where we went because you knew you were scared, <laughs> but it was like I'm not going to close my eyes. I got to see more. Like yeah. what's going to happen with this shark? Yeah. And then it just gets too much, and then you get like Jaws 3D, and you're like, "What the hell is this? Yeah, what what happened? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you were there with your 3D, literally Yoko 3D glasses, the blue and red, the paper that they handed you before you went in, and a shark blows up in front of you, or the teeth come at you. It was just <laughs> yeah. always too much, but. Yeah. I, as as saying is to stand as an iconic thing at time, it's still at Universal Studios part of the tour to this day. Like yeah. how old is that? That that's never been all the stuff that's been taken out of Universal, and that still stands till this day in the park along your tram ride is the jaw scene, and it still get you still get excited. You know exactly what's going to happen with that mechanical shark, the dude in the boat, the red dye pops up, and you love it. it it's it's iconic. It, I, it's, I love, no yeah. Side note, I love the studio tour. Um, it's so much fun. But also, so Universal, at Universal Studios, they do, they did a couple, right? They started it right before, right before COVID, but they started doing like 5K, 10K races at the park, at, at the Universal parks too, kind of like Disney World. Um, and so that race, go, you go right around the lake. Oh. So I did this. I, I just oh. ran, I ran right by Jaws. I did that run. And oh, that's, <laughs> right really? that's awesome. As yeah. you speak of that, mine, and I don't know, Paul, you may have the, well, I don't know if you do have the same or seen them. I have the the crazy picture from Universal uh, as a kid with your head inside the shark because they'd have uh -huh. picture opportunities of the huge shark hanging upside yeah. down. Right. And you were up doing, stick so, your head in. Oh my God. This is for our honeymoon. 
uh, Anna and I, we went to Universal. And that was my biggest thing is I wanted to go on the Jaws ride. Uh, and we I remember cause you have to line up when the park's about to open. And it was at the back end of the park. And the doors opened and everybody started sprinting through because they wanted, I think it was like they're going to Harry Potter or some of the other uh -huh. more popular rides. And we just strolled to the back to Jaws and there was nobody there. So it was just the two of us on that Jaws ride. We have pictures of that gigantic shark and me sticking my head in it and, yeah. and, and as well. Yeah. And that was for me, that was like a serious bucket list thing. And because they were talking about getting rid of the ride. So I yeah. wanted to make sure that I at least was able to ride it for once. And I remember, too, it was just like Anna like shrieked through all of it. And I'd never heard her scream in fear before. And I laughed. It was the best. I had such a great time. Because the shark would come out and like the big splash of water and come near the boat. And she was screaming her head off. And it was just like that was it was everything that I wanted, everything that I wanted. That ride it was just the, the fulfillment of, of that dream. So it was great. It was really great. That's awesome. There, there was a part, you know, I talk about uh, certain certain parts of the movie where it, it's being being recreated in pop culture. Uh, the part where one of the children have the fake shark fin swimming mm -hmm. around. And, you know, I've seen seen that done a dozen times over. Mm -hmm. But I'm still watching each scene that like, is this it? Is this the moment that people are referencing? And even though that may have been a possibility, the scene itself was still exciting because, yeah. you know, they would present three or four groups of people in the water. Right. And they're like, OK, here, here are the characters here. Here are the players uh, for this scene. And you're like, who's going to get eaten? Is it this that first <laughs> that first scene? Yeah. The first attack. Is it these small children? Yeah. Is it this this lady over here? And then so you it it just built perfectly the suspense. Mm -hmm. And then even though the second that's uh, later scene where I'm you know I'm like okay so there's a kid underneath that shark fin it's fake. But is this a scene? I don't know because I haven't seen it and it's still suspenseful. I'm like oh sure enough there's Bart Simpson under the water uh, <laughs> doing all those things. It, it was still so good to watch knowing yeah. what was coming. Um, so I, I, it definitely holds up, you know, Robert Shaw dragging his nails uh, on the, Ugh. on the chalkboard, stuff like mm -hmm. that. It's like, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I get this and I get why people are, mm -hmm. so it's cool to, to go back and revisit or visit it, visit, not revisit <laughs> parts of it. That's uh, more of a drive by than mm -hmm. a visit, but yeah, to see that stuff and to fully understand what, what some of these things are referencing in, mm -hmm. in mo mo modern times, um, it holds up for sure. And I thank so, you yeah. for, I think we were talking about like long the tracking shots and, and uh, the long takes we were mm -hmm. talking about in the book of Boba Fett, where Mando goes up the elevator, does the whole thing with that weird, yeah. of mm -hmm. weird rich people, and then goes back. And you, we were talking about shots like that. And I had mentioned Goodfellas was one of my favorites mm -hmm. of, of that type. And then I think you brought up Jaws and that's where we first kind of uh, talked about, you're like, you haven't seen Jaws? <laughs> and that's where this whole uh whole thing spawned from so it's kind of cool even though it, it was star wars you know it, it it's sparked a conversation into into more pop culture and and, and mm -hmm. i love that and, and i hope that that's something we can keep uh keep up with over the next you know however many episodes we do this yeah and everyone should google the universal studios japan jaws hot dog <laughs> i don't know that one yeah. Have we not had this conversation? Ernie, look it up right now. I am. Oh, <laughs> Ernie wasn't there when we did it. I haven't seen any of the sequels. Now, are any of the sequels worth watching? 
the the second one is interesting because Roy Scheider had had to reprise his role. Uh, he was contractually obliged to do it. Oh, really? uh, oh Carl Bartley, who came in and was a he saw it. Wait, Ernie saw it. <laughs> now your algorithm is going to be all messed up. Jeez. <laughs> and it's real. It's in somebody's hand. Oh, it's very real. <laughs> Yoko, you've had it though. You've tasted it though, right? It's just a hot I dog. Have I have oh, not. Yeah. I have oh, not. Okay. No. I have We're not been to Universal Japan. Oh, I thought you had. Mm -mm. I would like. I would like to go. I would. I would get it for the experience. I would What's have the to. Get this week? <laughs> I would have to get like two. Of them. Yeah. Let's all because I'm sure they're tasty. Yeah, we'll all go. We'll go together. Oh, you tell me wherever we're taking all our trip to. I'm afraid he might send something that's not a hot dog. Oh, no, this God. is real. There, yeah, <laughs> see, <laughs> that was my thing too. Wow, okay, this is Universal Studios Japan. Yeah, yeah. Shouldn't with their the hot jaws, hot dog. out. I, yeah, something that's really bad. This is. It's very graphic. This needs. To I be still get up. it though too. Wow! Please make sure you're pulled over if you do look this up. <laughs> if you're listening to this in your car on your way to work, don't. This picture won't load for me. Don't look at it while you're driving. I'm sorry. What were you saying about the? What were you telling me about the sequels? Oh um, yeah, no, uh, Jaws <laughs> two. It, it's it's not terrible. It does continue on uh, with Chief Brody's story to it uh elaine gary who plays his wife uh she's got a bigger involvement in it um that's not saying much because it wasn't as big in in jaws but it's it's a really interesting sort of uh sequel to it um and then after that it's just sort of jaws 3 is just every everything else it just the quality drops tremendously and you get the jaws 4 which is the revenge and there, there are no more rules anymore oh, really the, shark is revenge, the, the shark it makes it a personal vendetta against that fan. It doesn't make sense. Oh my no, gosh, I was joking when I said that, Kev. <laughs> I, I have a question. I have a few questions about Jaws too. Um, yeah. Is it also Stefan Spielbergo? <laughs> no, it was a it was a French director actually, and they uh, they had to change. The funny thing is, uh, they had to change the name of the title because uh, it, it couldn't be because in French. Jaws was called Les Dents de la Mer, right? Teeth of the Sea, basically, right. Jaws, right, mm -hmm. in French. But if they did that en français, it would be Les Dents de la Mer 2. But it sounds like Les Dents de la Merde. Merde means shit. shit. So it would have sounded like <laughs> the teeth of the shit. So they had to change the name of it um, in French. But it was a, it was a, it was a French director, Um it wasn't terrible. I mean, it, it was not as good as the first movie for sure, but you could see that they were really trying to build it into a character sort of piece where there was a lot more at stake. There was money involved, which is why they wanted to keep the beaches open. The The mayor was kind of doing some sort of a, sh a shady deal with this with real estate guy. Mm -hmm. um, and um, it really was about a bunch of teenagers who were in peril because they all went out sailing and the shark attacks them and disables all their boats. And so they're stranded in... Chief Brody's trying to rescue them or find them because, of course, Sean and Michael, his sons, are out there with them and they shouldn't have mm. been. Mm. So it's a, you know, it's it's a, it's not as bad as everybody th says it is. It's not fantastic. I mean, the shark eats a helicopter, right? So okay, but uh, it, it surely it's not as bad as Jaws three in three D with mm. Lou Gossett Jr. and Jaws four with Michael Caine. Michael Caine. 
Um, was the shark Oscar, in the air to eat the to, helicopter? No, it lands. It's really the helicopter with the with the inflatable things the, that lands. But, oh, okay. what are those called? It's a, like a little whirly bird. Floaties. Yeah. It's got those yeah, floaties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pontoon. There you go. It's got the pontoons on it, so it can mm -hmm. land on the on the water. And it's like one of those little single seat helicopter dealies. It's like with the bubble dome on it. So it's a Thanos copter. Yeah. But it's funny, dude, because like the pilot. Oh, okay. Now I can picture it. He's got one of those chin strap Amish beards. Right? It's like, oh, okay. At least it sounds like the story is plausible that, you know, I can't believe this this uh, police chief is in this situation again. But, yeah. you know, it, 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 the story, at least it's like he's helping somebody. Yeah. Uh, well, you know. but it's cool because he, right away, he's like, you know, he knows what it is because it, it the movie opens with two deep sea divers. They find the wreck of the orca, and they're taking pictures and posing, oh, cool. and then they get attacked by by a great white, and so their their camera keeps taking pictures as they're being attacked. So it's a pretty cool opening, right? Mm -hmm. And then they find the boat, and then as they're dragging the, the the camera washes ashore, and of course they're developing the camera. And Brody's got his suspicions; he's paranoid. He's like, "It's got to be shark." And the you know they develop the pictures, and there's a grainy picture of the shark's eye and he's like oh my god he knows exactly what it is but that's nobody cool. will believe him mm. right yeah. and that's the whole thing he's saying no 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 there's a shark and they have like this water skier it's a pretty thrilling sequence where the shark is chasing this water skier right and they're like oh my god oh my god and of course he catches her the woman in the boat goes around to try to like hey, where is she and then the shark attacks the boat and so like in her fear she dumps gasoline all over it and sets it on fire <laughs> with a flare and blows herself up Right, like yeah. it's, it's, you laugh at it, but when you're watching it, you kind of go, it, it's, it's not as bad as Jaws three. It's still kind of plausible. Jaws it's still kind bad. of scary, and you, you, you feel the frustration of Brody as he's trying to convince people he's not paranoid, that it is a shark, but he fucks up along the way, <laughs> right? Like, he gets a gun and he's, he's, you know, he fills it with cyanide tip. He fills it with cyanide and stuff, and he's up in this tower, the shark spotting tower. And of course, it's when the real the shitty real estate guy is showing all these prospective buyers how beautiful the beach is, and then he sees this this huge dark shadow coming towards swimmers. So he fucking rings the bell. He's like, "Get out!" He pulls out his gun, and he's like, "Ah!" And he's like, "Boom, boom, boom!" Shooting on a beach filled with innocent people at the water, and it's just a school of like grouper fish, mm -hmm. right? So he looks even crazier, and he ends up getting fired, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's like one of these. It really is more character driven. Mm -hmm. uh, I see what they tried to do with it didn't quite work, but it also isn't as, as big of a train wreck as people think say it is. Cool. Maybe you win. Maybe maybe one day. But there's other yeah. movies to watch. If, if there's, yeah, if there's nothing else on, and yeah. you feel like a bit of a okay, like it, it really, it's not as bad as Rise of Skywalker. So I'm saying. Oh my god. <laughs> Damn. Wow. <laughs> I'm gonna keep that line in. That will not. Be I good. stayed awake. For, I stayed awake for Jaws too. Oh, I'm sorry. That was terrible. Yay. Well, that's a perfect way to bring it back to Star Wars. Got across the bow. I wanted to like. I really did want to like Rise of Skywalker. I really did. Keep are you gonna going Are you gonna on. challenge us with other movies, or do we just yeah. decide to watch the thing? Make, should Let's, I make it a two parter? And, and you guys, you guys should challenge Ernie and I with maybe something. Yeah. Yeah, let's see. Let's see, because like for example, I had never seen, um, oh god, what is it called? Dirty Dancing before. 
I had never seen it. So this whole, uh, same with Grease, all these other iconic sort of movies because they weren't Whoa. in my wheelhouse. So I know those. Whoa. Can't do that. Nope. Kevin hasn't seen those either. Yeah. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I know what Grease is, though. John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. Yeah. That was my dad's stuff. Stranded at the drive-in. Branded a fool. <laughs> what will they say Monday at school? Oh my God! Come on! Yeah, you're alone on that one. God, Grease goes I, on I've seen it. still no. to this day. I've since seen them, but I, what I'm saying is there there are movies that you know you never mm-hmm. know. You never know. So my my challenge is because we brought this up and I called you dumbasses and Yoko's <laughs> never forgotten that. Have you no. either of you dumbasses <laughs> seen the thing since then? No. Double dumbasses. Well, so I, I wanted to watch. <laughs> I thought we were going to experience it together. Oh, well, yeah, we can for sure do that. Well, let's do a screen watch together mm-hmm. of the thing. Um, that is, John Carpenter movies for me are a staple. Mm-hmm. Like, that is, it's right up there with Senior Spielbergo and, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Mr. Lucas and, uh, you know, Francis Ford Coppola. And all those dudes, like that John Carpenter, that was, uh, you know, movies like Big Trouble in Little China, right? Like fun, sort of campy, like scary movies, which are great. So you guys were really quiet when I mentioned Big Trouble in Little China. Have you guys seen that one? In the last two years. You did? Okay. The the Fog. Kevin, you you haven't? Halloween? I've seen all of Halloween. sounded a little racist to me, so I didn't want to watch it. Halloween was racist to you? No, talking no. about Big Trouble. <laughs> oh, big Trouble, Little China. <laughs> it's Big Trouble, Little China. It's it's a great movie. It, it has is, iconic characters in it too. Yeah. Iconic actors as well. Yeah, that's no Big Trouble, in Little China. James is great. Wong. Yes. And, yeah. It's Big it's Big Trouble really in Little China to me is the beginning of Mortal Kombat. Wait, you got, wait. Can I? I need a timeout. My neighbor keeps knocking at my door. I don't know what's going on. They, they knock three times. <laughs> Sheldon? Why I would she turn off her camera if there's something wrong, Yoko? I you know, can't like, keep us in suspense. The neighbor's there to murder her or something. Right! <laughs> we're never, all never do that. No, the Kev, give Big Trouble in Little China a chance. G- give it a chance, dude. It was, It's great. It's another the, the great Asian 80s one to talk about. Yeah. It's actually, it, it's, it's, I, I loved it as, a, as they, an Asian kid growing up. They get into like, lore. Yeah, it's like yeah, it was a white, it was a white protagonist, but um, there were really strong Asian characters in it, which I really lo- like. I appreciate it. Yeah, of what they had just to do. The, the idiot that was dropped in. Oh, good, you're alive. No, oh, yeah. I, didn't, I Don't do I that, Yoko. I know. I went to look out the window, the the thing more. It was it's the Mormons. Like what the hell? Mormons? Ugh. Yeah. Why? It they, was. Yeah. Why are they not? Why like, they, why are they here at eight o'clock at night? And what oh, you what? You're talking about Star Wars? Like, come on. That's harassment. You didn't answer the door, did you? No, no, no. Because I, I thought it was I thought it was my neighbors, but then when I looked again, I realized it was not. Oh. Oh, They Live is on Netflix, Paul. I should finish that. Oh, that's a oh, great one. Oh, it is? Yes. I'll watch it tonight. They, they oh live. Oh, dude. They don't, they don't have Look, big trouble in China. Uh, let's do the whole show oh, next on They Live. China. Have you People seen call they, they, they Live a documentary. I do. That's I, what I love. I love. I love. They live. Mm-hmm. They live is yeah. great. I keep seeing those NECA figures, Paul. I'm like, 
Uh, there's also That's reaction Paul. figures. Thank you yeah. very much. And yeah, but you got it. He has them already. Do you? I don't. You? I Paul? I don't have them. <laughs> you, I... <laughs> N- noted, Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know that, Yoko. There's I thought it was just have, NECA. We the, well, we don't we don't have um 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 I just forgot his name. Roddy Piper. But we John have Nada. But yeah. we have the um the aliens. There's like the blue, you know, the blue alien versions, and yes. then there's black and white versions. Oh, for reals? Yeah. They're, they're cool. Oh. They're cool. I walked they around just, with that. We just restocked I, them. They just came back into stock again. Okay, so if you can watch Big Trouble in Little China and they live, dude, that that's legit. Because they live is is great, man. That's that's the awesome. Epic, the fight scene. That's like the the. It's the longest in movie history. Where he, yeah. he jumped out of that lady's apartment. He no, he got knocked out of that lady's. Oh yeah, that scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, the window and down the yeah. hill. Yeah. 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 I think I got that far. It's great, dude. Um, so I didn't know you had the reaction. NECA has some, and I walked around with those newscasters. Mm-hmm for like two hours dude because it was ninety dollars and then I, I just i couldn't i wanted it so bad but i i couldn't i couldn't justify it at this time to go ahead mm-hmm. and spend on that because i didn't have nada i didn't have his friend um my walmart one keeps getting canceled so i don't even have the walmart one because mm. they released them as a wrestling figure they called it movie oh, um yeah yeah i see i've seen that one yeah, they, they movie something him, The Rock, John Cena, yeah, uh, how they are in movies. So that is your official action action figure because the one that NECA released is the Mego style that Paul was yeah. talking about of like yeah. with the, the cloth the goods thing. and yes, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, I'm I really want that uh Walmart one, but it's always well, gone to cancel the, uh, my order. And the one with his buddy played by uh Keith David, uh, Frank. Mm-hmm. That was a um, was a Shout Factory uh, exclusive with the steel case and the poster, and the only way you could get that figure was through the bundle on that. Mm-hmm. So that's when I grabbed him. Uh, oh, so you do have it? Wow. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, the, and then the, yeah, the, the 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 two aliens in the two pack, the the uh, yeah the the TV anchors, um, I picked up as well. Inspired by Paul's uh, original dumbass comment. On the topic of the movie John Carpenter's *The Thing*, uh, right. that will be my homework assignment to watch this film. Yoko, have you seen this yet? No, I haven't. Remember All right. the whole dumbass conversation? <laughs> <laughs> See, it, 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 it wasn't plural, so I thought it was directed mainly at me. Which, it, in, in all fairness, it probably was directed at Kevin. <laughs> so. No, no, you specifically said you're both dumbasses. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Okay, then. So. Paul well, Yoko has a shirt made up of that. Oh, I know. You specifically <laughs> said you're both dumbasses. Yeah. Yeah. Yoko said so. Um, yeah, I, I felt it. Yoko's always heart. right. Uh, so yeah, watch it. Let me know if it holds up. Uh, if it and if I'm the dumbass, because if it doesn't hold up, then I'm the double dumbass. So uh, check it out and let me know. Let us all know. It's gonna hold up. whether you agree or not that it holds up. And uh, is deserves a title as one of the iconic movies mm. of all time. Sounds good. So that'll be my homework. And if listener or viewer, if you enjoyed what was going on here, that will be the topic of discussion for next week. We're still going to talk about Star Wars in the beginning. If you only love Star Wars and you know the movie talk uh, or, or film that I haven't seen yet isn't something you're interested in, we can you know you can just hop off for the second half and see you in the next week. But that will be what we're talking about. Uh, next week the thing 
Oh, what a great Watch with us. Maybe you yeah, think you're watch. not interested, but maybe you will be after you give it a shot. Because I definitely haven't been interested, but <laughs> I do. I do enjoy Kurt Russell. You know, so I think I think I'm gonna like it. I feel like it's just one of those I haven't gotten gotten around to. Mm-hmm. So. Check it out. It's a horror movie, so have fun. Oh. And that wraps up our first episode. Thank you for listening to the Boba Squadron podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Boba Squadron and our Squadron members as well. See you next Monday.